Good evening. Today is Tuesday, May 24th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is more about alcoholism, and our speaker tonight is Kara B. Thank you, Kara. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Kira B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, restrictor, bulimic, um, and really, really thankful to yeah, to be here tonight. And thank you, everyone who's giving service. Um, I, I, I just hope that I can um, be a channel of, of hope tonight um, and, and share what I've learned. That's, that's all I can do. And just to share what's going on in my, my head and my body right now, I'm feeling nervous and I'm feeling um, ego. And a thought just came to me right before I unmuted. Um, there's been other meetings I've spoke at that um, I don't always feel that way, but this meeting means so much to me. And I just, I care about what people here think of me. And, and instead of, you know, reacting to the first thought, which is I need them to then, I need to uphold uh, whatever image they have of me. It, I can use that in a more positive way, which is anyone's just gonna be present to anything I have to say. And um, so thank you for loving me <laughs> and I love you right back. Um, so I uh, just figured I would share my story as I go about the text and something that has been so critical for my journey and I didn't start my timer <laughs> um, is that uh, the process of identifying in and I think that this chapter does an incredible job of, um, if they don't get you here, they'll get you perhaps on another point and another example of an unmanageable and unbearable uh, life in this disease. And right before this chapter, uh, there is a solution ends with, um, they hope that we take away from, from there's a solution the idea that yes, I'm one of them too, I must have this thing. And if you don't take that away, flip. <laughs> um, and I counted, there might be more, um, but definitely four major examples of um, alcoholism and the ways that that can manifest in someone's life. Um, Jim is certainly one example. And we hear about Jim on page 35. Uh, Jim is important for me to read about because he's well-liked, he has things going for him. Um, coming into program, I was 22 years old. I didn't, I was not happy. I didn't have, you know, everything going for me, but I didn't have everything taken away from me either. And when I looked at all that I still had, it was easy for me to say, to look at you and, and hear another story or someone who had been in this disease longer and think, well, it's not so bad. I still have friends. I still um, have family I can speak to. I haven't, you know, had surgery on my esophagus from, from purging yet. Um, and that's, that's the big thing was just that it was yet, uh, you'll eventually try. Um, so Jim, had these things and also 
was an alcoholic. We, we learned that he failed to enlarge his spiritual life when, when he picked up. And um, I'll talk about that in a, a little bit if, I, if things weave back that way. But um, um, the idea that he had no intention of drinking um, was something I could relate to because there were absolutely times that I planned my binges and planned environments to be in where I wouldn't eat anything at all. Um, used external forces and people and ideas and fear um, to, to further drive my disease. There were also times that I swore, I swore I would never do it again. I would not harm myself with food and just suddenly look down and plates and bowls uh, around me. This, this illustrates to me um, that I can be, you know, on surface level, uh, a normal enough person um, with normal enough of a life <laughs> um, and no, no intention in that moment to, to, to harm myself with food and still do it. Um, the, the thoughts that go through his head are ones that I really related to because they seemed so small. They seemed so justifiable. And along with identification for me is hearing and kind of layers being pulled back of maybe these thoughts aren't, aren't the thoughts of someone with healthy relationship with food and their bodies. Like maybe um, people don't have so many rules around these things. Uh, maybe they don't need to involve other people, places, things to not you know, pick up that day. Uh, but they seemed harmless at the time. Um, I know that he, he talks of whiskey in my milk. And for me, I mean, there are countless examples, but it, it truly to illustrate the, in, the insane thinking of this disease is um, knowing that last week a certain food, you know, set me off, but this week is different because I put two or three days together. So just all of these, what might seem normal or subtle, uh, always ended up in the same place, which was harming myself with food again, picking up again. Um, I know it goes in depth about all these examples, but I'm not the guru here. Um, there's other people. Um, uh, for skipping to the jaywalker, which I know is, is one of my favorite examples of the absurdity of this disease of that could never be me, like not me. And then taking like, you know, peeling back a layer and just saying, okay, well, I definitely understand, like I mentioned, swearing to never do a thing or knowing something was so, something was killing me. I, like I mentioned, was young when I came in. It wasn't like I was not aware of the harms of purging. It wasn't like I didn't know what was in my future if I kept overeating and um, I, I've existed in many different body types and sizes and I've been obese and I've been underweight and I've used anything to, um, I've used food in every capacity, um, but it wasn't uh, enough to stop the eating. It wasn't enough to know um, To, to, to not start in the first place. Um, 
the example of Fred also, again, to all appearances, he is stable, a well-balanced individual. He, I know his story um, goes on for a bit, but the periods of um, using a humiliating experience, using an experience where you just, you know, you this is the last time. And this, uh, this will be like the core memory that, that keeps me away from going down this road again. And, and again, it is not enough. So all of these, again, just illustrating in different ways that I am powerless to, to food. Food um, is the driving force behind, it's just, it's in front of everything. It's the answer to any question I ask. It's the resolution to any um, uh, pact I make uh, with myself. Um, and the example of the man of 30 on 32, I think is uh, a great tie-in to it's speaking about young people and parentheses, maybe your story doesn't look like the next person's uh, parentheses, uh, many symptoms, one solution, <laughs> um, because I, food is my predominant number one um, addiction by far, but I'm no stranger to needing to put down other things, compulsive actions, behaviors, thinking, substances, um, and putting them down for a period of time, like I would put the food down and think, okay, I've got it this time. And again, return back to it. So knowing that I have this disease that I am, um, a, I'm a pickle now, I'm no longer a cucumber. I love that so much because there's nothing wrong with pickles. Um, just like there's nothing wrong with cucumbers, but I'm not a pickle, I'm not a, cu All right. I'm not a cucumber anymore. Um, but the, okay, so stick to a thought. Um, pickle, cucumber. <laughs> um, uh, we'll just let that thought go. Uh, okay. So, oh, thinking that I could just return to, um, a normal life because a period of time had passed that I hadn't done something. Um, and knowing that that is not my reality today. Like I am a compulsive eater. So I think just those lurking notions of, well, what about on my wedding day? What about if my friend throws this? What about a birthday? Um, and, you know, I was doing math. I was like, well, my birthday is six months from now. So by then I should be able to do this or that. Or, you know, I've heard that, you know, spend X amount of time in program, you can, you can introduce more food back. And I was like counting down those days or not even wanting to start in the first place uh, my abstinence as though I had control over it um, because of some far off date in the future. Um, something that really helped me, I guess, as an aside was if I think about a special occasion in the future like that, like, like a wedding, let's bring some reality into that. Do I really think I could form and maintain a healthy relationship up until then? If I stay in the food, do I really think that on my special occasion day, if I'm, you know, eating sugar, um, using substances that I will be present and happy and it'll be the best time of my life? Or do I think it's going to go down like any other day that I've spent uh, in the stuff, which is uh, miserable? 
So I, uh, thinking like that helps me a lot. So um, on uh, page 33, it does talk uh, about young people and it talks about uh, we, young people may be encouraged by this man's experience to think that they can stop as he did on their own willpower. We doubt if many of them can do it because none will really want to stop and hardly one of them because of peculiar mental twist already acquired will find they can win out. Several of our crowd had been drinking only a few years, but they found themselves as helpless as those who had been drinking 20 years. I had a sponsee once, and I really like this example, um, who had only gained and lost about 20 pounds, and they had a hard time identifying in. They said, well, I look over and I see someone else gained and lost 100 pounds, 200 pounds. They, their you know, organs are failing, their relationships are unhappy. How could I and why do I deserve to belong here? But that's totally disregarding that. Um, not that they meant to, but it's 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 looking to a, a present situation, ignoring all the years that led up to that, all the pain and suffering that builds and accumulates. And there's something I find that I can be immensely grateful for to be um, to have come in young and to have been spared, as the AA 12 and 12 says that last 10 or 15 years of literal hell the rest of us had gone through. So for other people whose maybe disease manifested and began later in life, um, it's, it's not, uh, we, don't, we don't look at duration of time as a qualifier. And I also don't think we need to look at um, the lengths that your disease took you. Um, identifying in, and this whole, this whole thing, I haven't said it explicitly, but step one and admitting my powerlessness and looking at my, and admitting my unmanageable uh, life is, is just, this is, this is my bottom. This is, um, it's, it's an acknowledgement. It's not changing um, that I am powerless. I'm powerless whether or not I work the steps or work the program. I'm powerless tomorrow and the next day. Um, but being powerless uh, and being, you know, acknowledging that I'm, I have an illness or I'm sick, I can, it all leads into, I need power, I need a sense of spirituality. And obviously, well not obviously, if you're like me and don't remember orders of chapters, but what comes next is uh, we agnostic. So it, it talks um, about spirituality and again, like, this all-encompassing, whatever notions you've come in with, um, we got you. Here's this example and that example. Here's this type of person, um, which I'm which I'm really grateful for. Uh, do, do, do. Okay, so I guess I could just um, talk a little bit more for bit, bit more about um, enlarging um, a spiritual life, especially being that. I, I, I spent a year in program um, without doing that and, and more and living, I, I don't even tend to call it abstinence now, but living several months without uh, harming myself with food, but also living in a lot of pain and a lot of fear and being very trapped. Honestly, it felt more claustrophobic and more stuck than 
outside of program because I thought it was, that was as good as it was going to get. I thought that just not, uh, and it was better, you know, I needed, I think a bit of physical or I needed to stop spending hundreds of dollars on food only to throw it up, only to run it off, only to be dizzy and dehydrated and sick and frail all the time. Um, I needed to, <laughs> to work with uh, professional people and sponsors and people who um, could help me and help me see that. But what I needed most of all, and especially today, especially as things change and life gets bigger and I'm 26 now and I was thinking about it and it's like, oh, it's still young, it's still in your 20s, but the way that like life has changed from 22 to 26, like I had the emotional maturity. I don't, like it stopped with me as I, you know, fell into this disease deeper. So I'm learning left and right about everything. Um, and I, um, and I also keep losing my train of thought. Um, uh, but oh, the spirituality um, continues to grow with me as as I grow up and and learn so much. Um, <laughs> I think I'm just gonna end there. Um, I'm I'm really thankful. I just want to again um, emphasize that we belong here. That no one can tell you that you have this disease, it's something, you know, as it states that we, we decide for ourselves. We look at exhibits A through Z and um, maybe do a little bit of uh, asking the universe and trying it on our own or trying to control it um, and see where that gets you. But if, if you do come to that conclusion, there is so much hope here and um, you can be very nervous and uh, forget a lot and still um, live a life far, far greater than you could imagine. Um, so thank you, thank you. Oh, I love you, Kara. That was so from the heart. We will now open the meeting for questions or three minute shares as this is a big book study sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week, we ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Um, Subin, would you please set a timer for the people sharing, and if the we, I think we lost Melissa. Um, Sharon, why don't you take over? I got and call it. The Hi, thing. everyone. Okay. Um, so I've got lots of lovely hands raised. We're going to start. It's um, so far. I see Lita, Kaylee, Roz, CJ, Stephanie, Ian. Um, we're going to st we'll start with Lita and I'll go ahead and ask you to unmute. Hi, thank you so much, Sharon. Kira, thank you so much, so, so much for your share. And thank you for everyone doing service 
Um, I'm Lita. I'm a compulsive overeater. Today's been insane. And I just knew I needed this meeting. And I love these chapters in the beginning. I just somehow feel that when we read them and when I read them initially and when I read them over every time, I think that they're written especially for me. And that someone knows exactly what's going on in my head. And I can relate so easily to what goes on. And one of the sentences that just jumps out from this chapter every time to me is on page 39, which basically says that, um, you know, without, without really an exception, we'll be absolutely unable to stop drinking or eating on the basis of self-knowledge. Um, and I, I came into this program absolutely clueless. I did not know anything except for the fact that I was out of control. I ate all the time. I hurt. My hurting couldn't be managed. Couldn't be managed by doctors. It couldn't be managed by painkillers. It was a mess. And I had no idea what this program did. I only knew about the first step because that's the one that gets all the publicity. You know, can't stop whatever and life is unmanageable. Sign me up. I am here. As far as the rest of it and everything else and tools and meetings and fellowship and sponsorship and spirituality, all I knew is that I had a gaping hole within me and whatever I tried to do in the past to make it work didn't work anymore. And I can't express the amount of gratitude I have for everyone here, especially this meeting that fills me up unlike any other meeting in the land, to seeing all of your faces here and knowing that no matter what else is going out on the world, it's an outside issue and I can come here and there's a safe space and I can continue to be a work in progress and learn from every share and every minute of all of you. So, so grateful for that on my own. I'm kind of a fucking disaster, but so, so grateful to be here and grateful to be the work in progress. And I thank you all. Thank you so much for that share, Lita. Okay, next we have um, Kaylee followed by CJ. I'm Kaylee, compulsive overeater and restrictor living in a recovered state for today. Kira, thank you so much for your share. I got so much out of it and I identify with so many things that you said. And I feel like you're, I love that these podcasts, these shares are recorded because to me, you really spoke to the young person as well, which is so important. And I love that if I'm working with a sponsee, like I can share this in their younger person, um, I can share this with them. And because I too was just reading today with my sponsor in the AA 12 and 12, that first step where it talks about the bottom and also in here in the big book where it talks about the young person and you know, I too, I guess on the outside looked, life looked pretty good and didn't have that much taken from me. I also have either been in a normal body size or a super low underweight. And so it was easy for me to twist that and be like, well, I don't identify. But I got to a point where it's like, I'm sick and tired of this, of doing these behaviors again and again, of saying, I'm done. I will never do this again. And then finding myself 
back on the bathroom floor, like just in misery. So, you know, it, it is like we can come to that state of powerlessness and that step one at any, at any point. Um, and it just, for me, fills me with gratitude. Like, I'm like, I don't know why I came here younger, but I did and I'm grateful and I get to, you know, give back to others who come into this room at a younger age. And Kira, you're just like a shining beacon to me of like being a young person in OA and like what that means and the service you do. And I just, I feel so grateful for you and for all of you really. So thank you so much. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Kaylee. Um, next up to share is CJ followed by Stephanie. Go ahead, CJ. Hi, everybody. CJ, recovering bulimic, anorexic, and compulsive overeater. Um, Kira, the young person you knew spoke to the young person in me. Um, I, I, uh, I didn't come into the rooms until uh, later. Um, my, my college days were um, probably my bottom, although I didn't stop. Um, it didn't stop me. From, from continuing some pretty, pretty significant behaviors. Um, but that's not what I want to talk about. I'm trying to think of all these fancy things to say. And the really, what I want to, what I want to say is how you made me feel. Like there's, there's so much, um, like the, the way you were so authentically, genuinely you and, and pausing and recognizing how you feel and, sharing what's going on in the moment that that whole piece of I mean for a long time I've been in this program and I was abstinent but I didn't have a spiritual experience I didn't connect with people on a real level and in some ways I didn't know how and in some ways I didn't get it but the whole concept of identifying in like you just lived that in front of me on um, like this this recovery is about about taking a, putting down my relationship with food and having a relationship with human beings and connecting with human beings. And what you did today is, is everything that I am searching for and wanting to do about just being freaking real um, in the moment. And it is the most beautiful thing to see. It's the thing that, um, that really is a spiritual experience for me when people do that and, and show me that. And if I ever had a question for you, it's, it's how, how, how do you hang on to that in times of stress? Because right now I'm in a big time of stress and just the need to pause and just genuinely be me um, instead of perform is something I'm really struggling with. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for everybody for your service tonight. Oh, hi. Um, thank you so much. Um, imperfectly um, and, and changingly, change, and, and change. Um, and this meeting, just to plug it right back to this energy here, has given me so much, I think for me, permission to go beyond like these rules and borders that I created when I was very sick and very suffering and, and ideas about 
G-O-D and about how I had to behave and even um, show up and program preconceived ideas. And so today um, I, I try to, I'm kind of like flowy, but within like a river. <laughs> um, so one morning it might, you know, just, just, I think I have fellows, I have um, a routine about, about things. Um, I have awareness and I just have to say things out loud because I don't always know what's, you know, I don't always recognize um, within me. Um, so ultimately though, trying to show up. I think the last thing I'll just say is like, for me, the effort is kind of the outcome that I needed anyway. Uh, if a meditation, it doesn't get quiet, I showed up anyway, and maybe I needed to like hear those thoughts in that moment. And so just reframing things like that, I, I can never do it wrong. I can never be bad as I lived my life thinking before. So I'd, I'd love to talk to anyone in the future about that. Thank you. Thank you, CJ, for the question and Kira for the answer. And um, oh, it's just awesome. Okay, Stephanie, uh, go ahead and unmute. And then we'll have Ian following Stephanie. Hi, I'm Stephanie, recovered compulsive overeater, exercise bulimic. Kira, thank you so much for your lead. It was wonderful. And I loved uh, that you talked about or highlighted specifically the, um, the jaywalker. Cause I remember the first time I read that I was like, this is not me, that is crazy. And then looking back, uh, that was absolutely me. And I, um, some people in this room know my story around um, sugar-free frozen yogurt, but uh, for those of you who don't, this is how I realized that I couldn't eat fake sugar. And um, at the time, it, my abstinence was just three meals a day and I was still eating the things that make me feel insane. Um, and it got to the point where I was eating sugar-free frozen yogurt for two meals and a snack every day. And, uh, and then I, I remember one time I was trying to beat the light to turn left illegally into the parking lot. And I pulled just into the op opposing traffic, just thinking like, I'll just sneak in really quickly before a car comes and I almost caused a really major accident. Um, and then uh, I was there one night getting my dinner and um, a car parked so close to me that I was blocked and like I couldn't get into, I couldn't even fit between our cars to get into the driver's side seat. I had to climb across the passenger seat with my frozen yogurt. And I was so irritated that they cost me an extra like 20 seconds before getting home to have my dinner that I keyed this car. Um, and then I went home and ate my frozen yogurt. And then I called my sponsor to say, I think I just did something crazy. Um, and what's the, I think the craziest part of all of that is that after that happened, I said, I don't think I can eat fake sugar, but I'm pretty sure honey is fine. And I proceeded to eat other forms of sugar for another like two years almost, you know, because I just was convinced that I could find a way to do it. And looking back, I'm like, wow, that's really crazy. But in the moment, I was like, no, oh, I've got this under control. You know, like I'm in charge. And I was so not. So um, it's funny, it's so much easier to see these things retroactively, but also, you know, it's really easy to um, identify out and you just say like, this book isn't for me and I would never do those things. But if we look, or for me, at least I'll say for myself, when I look closely at my life, this book is all about me. This is my story. 
um, I am truly insane and an addict. And, uh, and also that means that the solution will work for me if I'm really honest with myself. And that has been my experience. So it's so good to hear. I feel like every time I read this chapter, I'm like, oh, this is my favorite chapter. And I'm almost, I'm reluctant to say that because I feel like tomorrow I might read another chapter and be like, but this one's really good too. So I'll just say that I do. I love this chapter so much because it really is, you know, more about insanity. And that was, that was my experience. So thank you. Thank you, Stephanie, for your share. I'm going to go ahead at this point and turn off the, stop the recording. So we will have unrecorded shares.